This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Amen. You know, as a church, as a full gospel church, you know, I teach series and and um, uh, on various subjects through the years. And one kind of reoccurring uh, truth that we declare here from this church is that as a spirit-filled church, we believe in the the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't apologize for that. It's not something that I come sheepish about, like, you know, well, that's available. But no, I'm filled with the Spirit, and I don't, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not better than anybody, okay? And uh, I want to talk to you about the praying in the Spirit, what, what that's about. We'll, we'll see if this leads into another week, but I just kind of put something together for this week um, because there's a number of people that attend here and, and they hear about it, they may have heard about it, know we're spirit-filled, and maybe just not understand, just not understand. So praying in the Spirit, and I just kind of subtitle it, Desire It. Can we just shout that? Desire It. How many of you like snowmobiling? You desire it. How many of you, oh, I got to brace myself for this one, are praying for snow? Uh, how many know that every season has something for someone that they desire? Ice fishing. I just don't know. I just don't know how you all do it. Uh, I can't stand the cold. But for every season, there's something. I mean, I like, as a kid, motocross. I like dirt bikes and fixing and pulling them apart. And we, but some other people go, oh, that's so dangerous. Why would you? And so the things we desire in our life, we do. All right? You like exercise. We get some avid CrossFit people in here and some lifters and some of you go, I could, uh, but he's like, yes, I desire that. See, what you desire, you will do. What you do not desire, you will not do. Amen. And so we all have things that we desire. If I went to your house and you invited me and I went into your garage, I could say, these are things you desire. Now, if you came into my garage, just, you know, there was a lot of tools there. Those tools are necessary. <laughs> Man, I just had 10 men jump to their feet and go, amen, brother. You know, whether it's fish house stuff, fishing stuff, or what, you know, those, those, those things are important. You need them to, anyhow, moving right along. My text is 1 Corinthians 14. Pursue love. Somebody shall love. Sagape love. You have the ability as a believer to operate in the highest kind of love, God's love. We live in a society today where there's a lot of hate going on. There's a lot of division. I mean, uh, I just, you watch the news. I mean, it has come to a whole new level where people may have been respectful before in the past. They're just going for the juggler. They really are. It's just, and, and to me, that just shows how, how Satan is, is uh, really upset. Do you think the devil's upset in America? I'm not talking politics here. Just, he's upset when churches grow. He's upset when people get saved. Okay, come on. Just let's be on the same plane here. He's upset, and he hates it when truth prevails. 
Okay, so, so the enemy is upset and you begin to see how upset he is when you see things that start to happen that are for the kingdom of God. I'm talking about, you know, God's kingdom moving forward. But the Bible says pursue love. We still, as believers, can operate in that love. You can, amen? And then it says this phrase right here. It says desire. Somebody shout desire. Desire spiritual gifts, and then it goes on to, but especially that you may prophesy, uh, the spiritual gifts part isn't ignored because it adds on, especially you can prophesy. And prophesy mean, you know, it actually means talking about right now, preaching and teaching the word of God. I'm, in essence, prophesying, declaring the truths of God. That, 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 that's very important in our lives, but it does not disannul, if I could use that term, the word desire. Somebody shall desire. God is saying he wants us to desire spiritual things for our daily life. The moment we walk off that last step in church when we leave here today, the enemy is right there to get us to desire other things than spiritual. Myself included. He just, he's this way he is. But the Bible is encouraging us to desire. It actually means to be zealous for, envious of, to promote the highest usefulness in the church. So in other words, this, the purpose of us desiring these spiritual gifts that are out there is for what? It's to build up the church. It's to build up other people. It's to further God's kingdom, to be a blessing in our life and where we are. Amen. So specifically, one of these spiritual gifts that I believe with 700 million other believers in the world, almost a billion believe, so it's not just a few, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, your private, personal prayer language is for every believer. Amen. And I'm going to share that and, and, and talk about that. Um, so when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, you received a, a gift from God, the gift of speaking, or I would put praying in tongues. It is a powerful gift that every believer should desire. You say, Pastor, I've heard too many negative things. Pastor, I've been on Google, and I've really watched a lot of YouTube videos. And wow, Pastor, and, and that's your problem. <clears throat> uh, you know, because they really say, no, this isn't for today, and this is that, or it's demons and this, and I'm going to address some of that. But, but <clears throat> it's this, you know, so I really, you know, don't, you know, really desire that. Of, you know, what I don't understand, I avoid. And, 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 but, you know, how many you know, these, like, if, you don't have to. You don't have to, but you get to. Amen? You get to. And so that's how I want to approach it here. So when I spent time in the Marine Corps in the early 80s, um, they would, as you gain rank, they would, it's just a regular military too, an Army, uh, a Navy, Air Force, and Marines, that as you gain rank, as you kind of grow in your leadership, you get things, you get issued things. So you military people know what I'm talking about, and initially they give you a canteen for water. I didn't, when they said, it's time for the passing out canteens, go, you know, that's going to be heavy. I, I just, I don't, have, I don't have need of that. I desired the canteen. Why? In North Carolina, being out at, you know, Cherry Point and, or uh, Fort Bragg, when it was hot, uh, I needed water. There's my canteen. How, how many with me? So, so every armament that they gave me, I desired it. Some guys just didn't want it. Uh, one of the issues with the M16, some of the older version, is that it would jam. They would jam those rifles. And, and there were many of soldiers in combat that were killed because their rifle 
jammed at that time and they needed to un unjam it and and uh, uh, it, what a tragedy but 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 as an NCO I was entitled for a sidearm back then it was the old Smith and Western 1911 <clears throat> 45 that could stop a horse so when that came for me to get that I said, oh you're a corporal now you can have that I didn't go I don't want that it's extra weight see my thinking was if I was in a foxhole my rifle jam I got an alternative weapon. Come on, are you with me here this morning? So I'm trying to encourage you, desire what God has for you. Don't push it out. There was a guy that was saved years ago, uh, many years ago in this church, and we water baptized him and his wife. And, but he came out of a denominational church, I'm going to just say it that way, and he went to that church for years. <clears throat> Nobody bothered him. Nobody bothered him. And he came in, he had a problem with alcohol and drugs, smoked weed all the time, always smoke weed. <clears throat> and, and, you know, he, he got saved and, and God, you know, touched, touched his life. But so he, he started to get really stirred up while he was in this denominational church. God was doing something in his life. So he began to bring, watch this, he began to bring his Bible to church, that denominational church. You know what happened to him? It's really sad. This is really sad. They didn't go right on, brother. They mocked him. They ridiculed this man because he all of a sudden goes like, well, I got to bring my Bible. I'm like, what, you the preacher today? This is his friends in the church. Talk about culture and the power of culture. You know, in some ways, culture is stronger than God. He said, Pastor, that's blasphemy. How could you say that in the pulpit? It is because many of times, tell me I remember the story when it talks about the sower sowed the word and there's four types of soil. Only one of the soil says that Satan came and took the seed, right? The rest of them were the culture. Culture, now we know God is stronger than anything, amen? He, he can, you know, he can, but we are limited. Culture can limit God. Do you hear that? So if there's a culture that does it, we see it time after time. Jesus come into certain communities and that culture said, get out of our community. What did he do? He left. Because the culture said, we don't want any of that. We need to break that in this culture, in Jesus' name. We need to be a church that says, we want everything God has for us. I'm not talking being goofy. I'm not talking being crazy. I'm not, you know, I'm just talking about, let's apprehend everything God has for us. Amen? Being a church that receives. So, benefits. So, whatever they had, I took. I took. It was a benefit. It was a benefit. Now, how many of you know, <laughs> I got to interject this, just because something is a benefit doesn't mean people will do it. You need to take your vitamins. You need to stop smoking. If you keep smoking, you're gonna, this is going to happen. If you keep drinking like this, your liver is going to be. <clears throat> you, you need to take this medication for your heart. You need to feel that. How many know people know these things? Just because we know it doesn't mean we're going to do it. So, so there's another component to that. You need to start eating right. You, know, you need to do regular exercise. I hate exercise. You need to exercise. Yeah, but th until we get to the point of where we... Pushed against the wall, we're on our back in the hospital with an IV in us. Oh, Jesus. Amen. How many still glad you came to church this morning? How many glad I'm back from being off for a week? Amen. Boy, what you have to put up with, dear God. I have so much compassion for you all. <clears throat> the Bible says in Hebrews 2, 1, and this is kind of why I'm still here in this church. For this reason, we must pay close attention to what we have heard that we won't drift away. We need to be reminded. I need to be reminded. Why? What is that saying? The King James says to leak out, as, uh, to, 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 to drip out like as a leaky vessel, a leaky vessel. 
And, you know, sometimes you go to the fruit uh, grocery store or whatever, you pick up a gallon of milk or a half gallon or something juice, and all of a sudden you don't know it's been leaking. Somewhere it got pinched. We leak. I say we leak. I leak. The moment you take that step off of that last step and you just leave here this morning, you go out, hey, let's go out, we're going to fellowship or whatever. And, oh, that was that, that one point Pastor Mike said was really good, you know. And then you go on with your life. We leak. The day comes, the next day comes, the next thing you know, we're, we, we, we just have a tendency to leak. So we need to be reminded. And the Bible says we need to pay attention to the truth. Amen. Pay attention to the truth. Well, there's a man that's very popular in, in, in this community here uh, many, many years ago through a lot of churches named Martin Luther. How many have ever heard of, of Martin Luther? Martin Luther, uh, he kind of kicked over the hornet's nest in Rome. And he was, uh, you know, devout in the church, kind of as a monk. Then he had this, what they call tower experience, tower experience where he got this revelation. And it was actually based upon the verse in Romans 1.17, for it says this, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. He records in his writing, he hated this verse. He hated it. He used that term, I hated this verse. He said, especially the phrase, the righteousness of God. And he was trying to atone for his sins and the indulgement and all of these things. He just, he just grieved over. But when he read that, he was just, he was just grieved. And, and he actually writes that he, he hated that until he got this revelation uh, that God revealed to him and, and how he tra- this was translated and how this spoke to him. The kind of the light went on. In Romans 1.17, it says that he through faith is righteous shall live. I want to say that again. He through faith is righteous shall live. How many of you have faith in God? You're righteous, so live. It's different. You know, so it just became a revelation of that we're saved through faith, not through works. And then started uh, that revolution of Protestantism. And, and, and here we are today. What am I trying to say? Truth can be lost. How many know that this was in the Bible, this verse, 2,000 years ago? But something got lost along the way. Now hear me. So truth can be lost. So, so there are truths in the scripture that we may not be experiencing. It doesn't mean that God's done away with it, right? It's just that it's maybe lost to us. Or that maybe culture doesn't want it. We don't want that because... It just makes us uh, nervous. And so we're not going to have that here. And you don't even have to. It's kind of the, the Minnesota Yantalavian, this quiet laws, those laws that are out there that say, don't, you know, we don't mind you speaking to us, but if you accelerate a little bit, we're going to kind of pound you down. We want everyone even, you know. It, it's just this, this kind of an unspoken cultural thing that permeates. And God is not subject to that. Amen? amen? He's not subject to that. How many with me say Amen. And so, so truth can be lost. Even though this is, is a truth, it was lost for, for hundreds of years, that justification by faith. And let me just tell you quickly here uh, a story, uh, how much time we have left, see how far we can get here today. But at age 15, I, I was born again around seven or eight, but really didn't comprehend uh, what it meant to be saved. And just kind of grew up in the home, you know, mom and dad, they came out of the kind of the Jesus movement and they were saved in the 70s and 
And so as young kids, kind of, yeah, sure, I really, it didn't really solidify. But at the age of 15, something happened in my life. There was a man that was, uh, 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 he, he was part in the fellowship that my mom and dad were involved with. And uh, he was a unique character. He had over 300 jobs in his life. He had a problem with anger. Every time you go to work one day, get angry, then leave, quit, start another job. And, and so every profession, he goes, oh, yeah, I was a plumber once. Yeah, I was an electrician once. I mean, <laughs> this guy did everything. But he had a problem with anger. But God really used him in the gifts of the Spirit for some reason. <laughs> and so, so we were in the house. It was the Ray's Ranch, 532 East Street, Brockton, Mass. I'll never forget it. And Dad was at work, and Mom was, you know, wanted to pray for us kids. You remember those days where they kind of, get up here, you brat, you know, sit on the bench, and you know, we're going to pray for you. Everyone pray for, you know, you know, one of your brothers or sisters, and they're acting up, and they're giving Mom a hard time. And so Mom would do that. Well, Dick Walmart was there. He was actually living with us in a little trailer outside our house, one of those where you have a picture truck and you have the little, you know, top back there. I graduated high school in that little trailer. He, he homeschooled us, this guy. and we, we did great and learned a lot about our government. And so he helped out. He was a good man. And uh, But he was like, he was talking to my mom about, you know, you kids are not filled with the spirit. They need the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the thing. I'm 15 years old. I didn't hear this is the devil. I didn't hear that, you know, culturally, this isn't right or this has passed away. I didn't have all that. I was just 15 years old. Just kind of, what are you talking about? And so he began to explain, and my sister was there, Sue, and he prayed for us. And my sister, Sue, she began to laugh, and she laughed. It was just strange. It was like, uh, it was something so deep within her. It was a joy from within when she was filled as she prayed in her heavenly language. And I, it was the strangest thing. So for 45 minutes, she's laughing. So I'm thinking, well, maybe that's what happened to me. I'm not really the laughing type guy. But, uh, you know, uh, that was good for her. But you see, how many know God knows what we need? So for me, I began to cry. <laughs> for 45 minutes, I'm ah, weeping. But it was a crying of overwhelming joy. I don't know how to explain that. I wish I could articulate it better. But it was this like intense, I love you. And it was, I'll never forget that. Now I'm not saying that this is the pattern for everybody. It's not. But it's what I needed at that moment. And so, and I had my heavenly language. And I began to pray and I just step out. And it was just so, it was so real to me. It altered my life, changed it. And I began to, at that time, uh, we had a Jewish man that worked for my father in the dry cleaning who was a presser. He was really fiery type of evangelist. And he goes, we got to go out. We have a little Bible, a little pocket Bible. During our break time, we'd read scriptures and we'd try to quote verses. And here I am, just a young kid working there as a spotter in dry cleaning. And, and you know, we got to go door to door witnessing. And you could do that back then. You get shot today. I mean, if you deliver a pizza to the house, you could die. <laughs> knock, knock, boom. They're, you know, they don't know who you are. But back then, you know, hey, come on in. I mean, open the door. Total stranger. Come on. In. No, not in this day and age. It's hazardous. You know, who are you? What? You know, who's at the front door? So, so you know, we'd go into houses and talk, and we'd pray for people, and it was a great, it was a great time. It was very impactful in my life, and that is carried with me through my whole life, through my whole life. Now, I'm not going to say that that is it is increased. Uh, there's been seasons where it was the hardest thing for me to do to pray in the spirit. With so much agony of soul. 
Come on now, I'm just being real. Where I know what I need to do and what I should do, I just can't. And I need someone else just to come alongside me. Come on, am I speaking to anybody to just to help me? Because I'm, I'm hurting really, really, really bad. And some of you feel that. But they did not leave me, the Spirit did not. Once you receive that gift, that gift is there with you forever. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 says this. It says that if I could speak, Paul saying this, all the languages of earth and of angels, I want you to see that right there, and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, which goes back to that thing, love and desire. You know, we need to operate in that of spirit of love, the agape love. Now, I'm going to just kind of interject a little bit about tongues here, and we'll receive communion in a moment, but and he says, if I could speak all the languages of earth, I just want you to know that Satan, how many of you know Satan knows all the languages of earth? Yes. See, because you can be in the Hispanic community with speaking Spanish, you can be in the Philippines with Tingala, you can be in Japan with Shinto, that religion, and Japanese, you could be, uh, you know, Mandarin for Chinese. How many know he tempts everyone in every religion? And every, 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 excuse me, uh, every nationality. So he knows the languages because he knows how to tempt everyone in every language. So, so just from a little roughly history thing here, there are roughly 6,500 spoken languages in the world today. About 2,000 of those languages have fewer than 1,000 speakers. The most popular language in the world is Mandarin Chinese. There are 1.2 billion people in the world that speak that language. So how many know he knows Mandarin? Because he tempts people there. So he is able to tempt through every language. So Satan knows the languages of earth. So how does this fit in about with tongues? But the Bible also mentions the tongues of men of earth, and it says angels. Somebody shout angels. What is the angel's tongue? I don't know. But how many know there's a lot more angels than there are men? All right, it's just God the way he created, always was and always will be. So it, they're innumerable. And, and so some would say that, the, you know, the anti-tongues group, this is a, a hyperbole, it's exaggeration about this word angels. He didn't really mean it. It's kind of just saying it off the cuff. But if you look up that word, actually in the Greek, it's used 176 times in the New Testament, more than once, more than twice, and more than three times. And it means is that just about every, every single time, it means angel or angel of the Lord, messenger every time. So there means there are angels that speak a language we don't know. Amen. Angels. It actually, in the strong concordance, means to bring tithings, messenger, especially in angels. So it's talking about there are languages, heavenly languages that we don't know about. Just, just wanted to set that out before you. Acts 2.11. Acts 2.11. This sometimes trips a lot of people up too. They use this as kind of an excuse that if, well, if you're going to have this gift, which they confuse the gift the public declaration of tongues and interpretation to what I'm talking about this morning, the private prayer language for every believer. It says this in Acts 2.1. This is the day of Pentecost, 50, 50 days after the ascension and resurrection of Christ. It says both Jews and Gentiles <clears throat> converted to Judaism. And some of us, <clears throat> it's saying this, but when they were filled, you have to read the whole chapter in Acts chapter 2, from Crete in Arabia, Yet all of us hear them speaking in our own languages about the great things God has done. And typically this is interpreted that they were preaching the gospel 
uh, at that moment, and that's the use of tongues. So the only way you would use tongues is unless someone gets saved. But if you look at it, the King James says they were declaring the wonderful works of God. What were they doing? They were praising and worshiping God. There's a difference there. I'm not saying they didn't, you know, lift up the name of Jesus, but that's what it's saying. They were praising and worshiping God, which tells me, I don't have to, you know, pull a rabbit out of a hat, that tongues, that private prayer language is, it's at its core is one of praise, exaltation, and worship to God. That's what they were doing. But they heard them in that tongue. So how many know God knows all the languages too? Amen? And so he can speak. And I've heard numerous times people pray in their spirit, praying in the spirit, and, 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 and even their private prayer language, or, and, and speaking a language known to someone that remembers from a tribe, and, and, and they, they, would, they, would, they would say, this is what you just said. How many know God can do that, too? Amen? How many still love me and still with me? Amen? All right. Benefits, very quickly, of praying in the spirit. See if I can get through these real quick. Just a few points here. Praying in the Spirit. It allows you to speak directly to God. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says, if you, have the, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. That just, we're not talking now about the public gift, the nine gifts of the Spirit of tongues and interpretation. Because if you're praying in that, that's for the church. That's not what they're saying. This verse is saying that this is, you're talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. Hello, no kidding. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it'll all be mysteries. So, so it allows you, when you pray in the Spirit, you're speaking directly to God. All right, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. So when we pray in tongues, what are we doing? How many of you know God knows how to pray the will of God through your life? How many know that I or you, you know, fill in your name, we don't always necessarily pray right. Give, give you an example. Oh, God, that person that took advantage of me took me money. Get him, God. Oh, God. I know you love him. I know you love him, but take him out, God. Let it be quick. No, let it be slow, God, in pain. We, we are, we're clogged vessels, okay? I'd be the first to admit that. We don't always pray perfectly. And a lot of times he goes like, well, I got an issue in my heart and there's something going on towards this person, whatever. So the best thing to do is pray in the spirit. And a lot of times what's happening is, you know, in that moment when you're praying for this person and you're really upset about the situation or whatever it may be that you're confused about, God's actually praying through you where your heart needs to change. Amen. I'm preaching better than you're responding. <clears throat> so, so you pray directly. It allows your mind to get out of the way. That's the beauty of that. So your spirit. How many of you know we're made up of spirit, soul, and body? Okay, when we die, our spirit's going to live forever. We just forget that. We just think we're our mind. We're just See, God is not a mind. He's a spirit. I shared that with a certain denominational preacher one time. He kind of stopped and went, okay. Because, you know, they approach everything as a mind. You know, and we've got a reason. We have to think. You know, we have to logically, you know. And there's a time for apologetics. There's a time for, you know, rightly discerning the word of truth. I'm not talking about that. But, but God is a spirit. Okay? He's a spirit. <clears throat> and so our spirit can commune with him in our minds. As I said, we can get distracted. We can get distracted. What else? The benefits of praying in the spirit, it keeps you in tune with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.4. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So tongues, we see, is a gift from God. It allows us to pray the will of God by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. 
So when we pray in tongues, what are we doing? We are yielding. Someone shout yield. There's a lot of yielding in faith. There's a lot of yielding and trusting. Really, it's the walk of faith is a walk of yielding to the things of God. <clears throat> yielding to the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. How many of you know that he's not going to make us do anything? Now, how many of you know that, don't raise your hands on this one, when you sin and you disobey, something's going on inside? Red alert. Hello. No. Stop. Nah. <laughs> what is that? We're just not yielding. Amen, Pastor Mike. We've all experienced that. To yield, to yield. So we are yielding to the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, and we're allowing that same Spirit to pray through us so that we are in tune with the Holy Spirit and what he wants to pray through us. And then also, it strengthens our spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Here is that word, personally. Private prayer language. Here it is. We're not talking about for the whole church, that gift. The, it says, the person who's a, pair, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy, hello, right there it is, tongues and interpretation strengthens the entire church. So, so we're, you know, and, the, and, and I grew up in the charismatic circles where crazy stuff happened. Some of you, I mean, and what happens is it's kind of like you get a new toy. And, you know, you see a kid with a new toy and then it does a certain thing. Woo, the kid goes crazy with it. Some people, you know, we're humans, you and there's a lot of things done in the name of Christ that were just, it was, it was, it was flesh involved. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's just, it was just a flesh involved. But, but if I came up here and just started screaming in tongues and then went, okay, and sat down, you're going to go like, okay, this is really nutty. I would, you know, unless I understood it. But if someone starts, you know, praying in a tongue and then another one stands up and interprets what that is, it's like, wow. God is speaking, and you see what I'm saying? And how many know that's needed in the church, too? Amen. Amen? All right. But we're talking about the private prayer language, as everyone can see, because I'm going to say this at the end, but I'll just give you a, that the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I believe this just personally, and I believe it's, it's pronounced throughout Scripture, but it is the doorway to the supernatural. I don't mean that spooky. I don't mean that ghost-likey, you know. I just, I just mean it's the open door to the, all the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, moving on. So it, 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 he who speaks a word of prophecy is strengthening the entire church. So right now you hear, you comprehend me, uh, you know, that, that, that it, it, it should be strengthened in that. So praying in tongues builds you up spiritually, helps you to live a spirit-led life. How many want to live a spirit-led life? I do. We don't always all the time. Also, uh, what else? When you don't know how or what to pray, Romans 8, 26 talks about this. I love how... I don't have it here, but I, I, you could Google it or you could research. Jack Hayford has a tremendous commentary on what, how this verse is laid out in the Greek. And I actually have it somewhere, but I, I just couldn't find it. But it says, in the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. How many of you at times feel weak? Okay. It says, he helps us in weakness. For example, we don't know <clears throat> what God wants us to pray for. Hello, right there. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And there's a great commentary that Jack Hayford talks about that. But in essence, it's talking about then when heavy things hit you and you don't know how to pray. I mean, as times I'm hit, you know, one phone call, we got a tragedy here. This person, you were in an accident and they died, whatever. Or they're in the hospital. Or they're, you got this thing. Oh, my, please pray for my daughter, my son. Or they, you know, how do you pray? 
uh, oh, Jesus, bless them. Come on. I mean, this is warfare going on here. What do I do? I just pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. I don't understand. Pray through me, Holy Spirit. In this situation, I don't know what to pray for them. <clears throat> Even when you don't know what to pray or how to pray, watch this, you can still pray in tongues. And you can pray the perfect will of God. Amen? And you can trust your spirit to pray the perfect will of God regardless of the situation. Once again, the title of my message is Desire It. If you're cutting this off, you're just thinking, no, it's not, uh, you know, you're not going to desire it. You're not going to want it. All right. You know, here's the good thing about God. He loves us so much. How many of you know he can steamroll over us? <laughs> I've been steamrolled over. And it's, it's not fun. It's not fun. But it's great after he goes over you. Really. So what am I saying? God will interrupt your life. He will interrupt your life where you are against something before. And I, you know, and he can steam right over the next thing you know. And oh, God, I believe. Amen. I believe now. Uh, but you used to say I, that was the old man. He's dead. He's been steamrolled over. Because I know my God has had this experience through my life. And you know, we're not talking about seeking experiences here. All right. We don't pursue, how many know we pursue Jesus? But he has experiences for us, okay? I just want to make that clear. So, uh, so Romans 8, 26. And then uh, finally here, there's more, but we'll just stop at this. Praying in tongues is a weapon against the work of the enemy. Mark 16, uh, verses 15 and 18, he says, And then they told him, Go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. So this is our mandate. This is our everyone's call and the capacity that God has called us. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. And these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. You know, we just had in Chris Michelson. Uh, evangelist, he went to Pakistan. They had over 150,000 people. Uh, actually, probably even more, but there was over 100,000 that were saved. They're gathering and, and uh, information and miracles, tumors, and, and, and God is moving in the nation of Pakistan. He really is. He's, he, he's moving in that nation, and, and uh, they're, they're, they're seeing tremendous inroads. It says, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak with new languages. Right there. So there's a, there's a weapon. There's a warfare. There's a taking ground uh, with, the, with this gift of the Spirit. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Amen? Every, every service, just about, we allowed opportunity for altar workers. They come forward, and, and they're there. Why are they there for you? Just not for general purposes? No, they're there for you to lay hands. Things can be transferred. There's uh, men and women here that have gifts of healing, and, and, and when they pray, they have words of knowledge, and they're here for a reason so that that we can operate, that the church may be strengthened. Amen? So Jesus proclaimed several things that would happen to those who follow him and continue his work. Speaking in tongues is one of those gifts, and it allows Jesus' followers to stand against the work of the enemy. Now stand with me if you would, please. We're going to receive communion here in a moment. <clears throat> Once again, in conclusion, for this reason, Hebrews 2.1, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, then we won't drift away from the truth. There's various other scriptures. We have a little booklet here by Kenneth Hagin who's passed away, and it's called Why Tongues? And he actually talks about uh, some of the things I talked about in here, but he gets into a little bit depth about why every believer uh, should pursue and desire this gift. If you're still questioning, you're wondering, kind of, okay, I really want to know. 
Nobody's going to be up here pushing you down, rubbing your head, blowing on you, okay? Throw all that stuff away. Because I've been a part of that. So I know. And so I go, I don't think that's the way, okay? I think God has a better way. Amen? But if you're still questioning, you're wondering, I would encourage you to, to, to get one of these booklets. And if we need to get more, we'll get them, give them free to you. And then take it for a week, read it. Just read it through your prayer times, underline it, and just go, okay, what are you saying? Let me see this in the scriptures, okay? And But if you say you're ready here today, you're like, Pastor, I just, I've heard about it, and I just need to receive. I just need my, well, or you felt, I've, I've gone up before many times and walked the aisle and left back, and nothing happened. The Bible says that when we pray, we begin to speak. In other words, we step out in faith. So this is just the way God operates. He doesn't do it until we step out. Well, I'm waiting for him to ha- come. I'm waiting for that bolt of lightning to come. No, you step out and trust that what he's giving you is him. Amen. So let me just kind of conclude with this. There's a prayer I want to pray in a moment. But praying in tongues is a gift that's available to every believer. Every believer. You know, I was invited to speak at a denominational church <clears throat> it was in, this, in this region. And they invited me to, to speak to some men. Because there's one of the men that was in the group came to me in my office one time, uh, and he was an influential man, and, and, and he was saying, Tim, about this whole tongues thing and whatever, I know you're a spiritual church and all that. <clears throat> so I talked with him for a while and prayed for him. He was filled. Like, to, it shocked him. Like, he got, whoa, scared, and he kind of, t- you know, straightened himself up, and then, you know, so then he goes, you got to come to my church. And I said, no, on one condition, I'll come. The pastor's there, and he approves of me being there. How many know we're not supposed to be, we work by authority, amen? Pastor was right there with the associate pastor. There's 65 men. And so I began to share, began to talk, and it was, it was great. It was, it was a wonderful church, wonderful men. It was just a, it was a real blessing. And someone was there that was kind of obstinate about it. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? <clears throat> I think the question was thrown out there. Well, <clears throat> if God wanted me to have that gift, he would give it to me. I said, you know, that's a great question, but let me ask you this. Does the scripture not say that I desire all men to be saved? Yes. Are all men saved? No. Why not? It's a desire. Amen? And so there's a, there's a pressing in. There's things that we uh, appropriate through faith. God's heart is that all men get saved, but not all men are saved. So that tells me that God's heart wants things for us, but a lot of times we don't desire it. Amen. Every head bowed, please. I just want to encourage you not to discount this powerful gift from God. Desire it. Desire it. Embrace it. Relish the strength it adds to your spiritual life. I believe praying in the Spirit opens the door to the supernatural and all the gifts of the Spirit. It'll give you insight. It'll give you God's revelation and truth that'll verify what's in the word of God personally for your life. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now. We thank you for God the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Lord, you even tell us in the word to despise not tongues. You even say that. You told that through Paul. And the gifts. Lord, help us to lay down preconceived experiences or hurts or teaching, whatever it may be, that we would be open, Father. 
And Lord, I also ask even this morning that you spiritually just, just steamroll over us, God, in, in, in a loving way to, to show yourself strong. You're here this morning as a pastor. I, I don't know the Lord. I'm not right with God. And I'm desiring to, to know more of him. This is a great time. This is a great moment for you. Salvation is the greatest miracle and gift for someone's life. Maybe you're watching by television. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to get right with God. You're here this morning. Let's pray corporately for you to receive Christ to get right with God. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe. Died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you are God and God alone. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Fill me in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.